Welcome to the Insomnia Coach Podcast. My name is Martin Reed. I believe that nobody needs to live with chronic insomnia and that cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, CBTI techniques, can help you enjoy better sleep for the rest of your life. Scott slept well his entire life until he listened to a podcast that led him to worry about how much sleep he was getting and the health consequences of insufficient sleep. That night, Scott had a terrible night of sleep and this triggered a vicious cycle of ever-increasing worry about sleep and increasingly worse sleep that lasted for 10 months. In this episode, we'll discover how Scott managed to get his sleep back on track, how well he sleeps now, and what life is like now he no longer worries about sleep. A full transcript of this podcast and an accompanying video can be found at insomniacoach.com forward slash podcast. All right, Scott. So thank you so much for being on with us today. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So can you tell us a little bit more about your insomnia? Like when did it begin um, and, and how did sleep become a problem for you? Yeah, uh, you know, that was a question that went through my mind for weeks after the insomnia uh, set in. I just couldn't figure it out. And then uh, one day I was discussing my insomnia problem with uh, a friend of mine. And um, I really was able to pinpoint the exact time and date that it occurred. Um, I'm an avid podcast listener, especially when it's uh, health related issues. And I remember that day that insomnia occurred that a a friend of mine sent me a link to a very popular podcast uh, featuring, um, I I believe his name is Dr. Matt Walker. And um, as I was driving home listening to the podcast, um, even though I didn't have insomnia or sleep issues at the time, I started thinking and evaluating my own sleep patterns. Well, am I getting the desired amount of sleep that he's recommending? And if I don't, then all these health-related issues are going to start setting in. I'm going to start having cancers. Uh, heart disease is going to go up. My mortality rate is, you know, I'm going to li- live shorter. Um, so um, it, my anxiety started building as I was driving to the house and then started having a conversation with my wife and explaining to her the podcast and then, again, continuing to evaluate, evaluate my own sleep pattern, um, even though I didn't even have a problem. Um, and then as uh, bedtime uh, started settling in a little bit, anticipatory anxiety just really kicked in. My mind started racing, um, wondering if I was going to be able to sleep tonight. Um, and and um, that's the night that I got zero hours of sleep. And then, of course, you get into this vicious cycle. The next day you start, again, analyzing why I didn't sleep. And at the time, I didn't know it was because of the podcast. And... And that was the only thing at the time that I could pinpoint back. But this was months later after thinking about how did this all start? Why did it occur? Did I change something in my lifestyle? Am I eating the right foods? Am I vitamin deficient? Um, So a lot of things were going through my head. But to be honest with you, Martin, I just relate everything back to, um, unfortunately, a podcast I listen to, as simple as it sounds. So what was it about that podcast that you feel got you worried about your sleep? I, I know you mentioned like he was talking about these 
these health connections. But was it, how did you see that there was a problem with your sleep? Was it because he was talking about sleep duration or was there, was there something else that you kind of identified with and started to think maybe there's a problem? Yeah, I don't think there's one particular um, moment in the podcast that he mentioned or, or specific uh, fact. I think it was just overall the, the overall health consequences of not getting enough uh, uh, sleep. You know, I, I tend to try to solve my own health problems, mm-hmm. and that can be um, kind of an evil mindset to have sometimes. I remember back nine years ago, I started a plant-based diet because I visited a, my general practitioner and um, had some blood work done and uh, he mentioned, you know, my cholesterol was high, my um, triglycerides were really high and that he recommended and wrote me a prescription for both of those um, pharmaceuticals to lower those levels and get those in line with um, with where they needed to be. And, you know, I remember sitting in his office and saying, I'm just not going to take the pharmaceuticals. I'm going to fix this myself and do it the natural way. And so I started exploring a lot with food and and um, after nine years, uh, you know, after years of being on that, I was able to get it on track. And so when I listened to this podcast, um, you know, even though I didn't have sleep problems, it's that self-evaluation. Well, is the seven hours I'm getting, is it enough? Because he was recommending eight to 10. So I'm, I'm falling an hour short. So I remember that night I listened to the podcast. I went to bed earlier mm-hmm. to compensate. Um, and obviously that didn't help because I didn't, I, I laid in bed all night. Mm-hmm. Um, any sleep so yeah i mean it it's really interesting because i think it's such a common trigger for people you know it's there's there's so much of our life and our health that we can directly control and influence you know like for example our diet or weight you know we just mm-hmm. eat differently and our health responds and our weight responds you know but when it comes to sleep it's the opposite you know as soon as we start to think about it as soon as we just right. start to try and control it we make it worse like there's yeah. no direct way we can make sleep better it's when we try and intervene that it creates the problem Right. And it, it, it can, it's been consuming my day every day for 10 months. And I know I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones because I've only had it for 10 months. Uh, and now I consider it resolved. But, you know, I know friends and family that have had it for 20, 30 years or practically all their life. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's ironic that you start thinking about why you start having insomnia and sleep problems and then it just it just takes over your day because then you start analyzing and researching for solutions on the internet, and then you start looking inward. Is something really wrong with me men- mentally, physically, health wise? No. Um, am I vitamin deficient? Uh, so all these thoughts went through my head, and obviously, the more uh, thoughts that went through my head, the more research that I did that led me down you know rabbit holes uh, that obviously didn't work. Yeah, you know, and I think we, we we kind of have this messaging problem where there's so many people out there spreading this message about how important sleep is that we need to get a certain number of hours and that if mm-hmm. we don't, all these terrible things will happen to us, right? Mm-hmm. And I understand why they're doing that because they're aiming that message at people who have no problem with sleep, but they're kind of like burning the candle at both ends, you know, they're deliberately depriving themselves of sleep. So their message is pay more attention to sleep, get more Mm -hmm. sleep. But the problem is the only people reading these messages or paying attention are the people with insomnia. And these messages are the exact opposite of what we need people with insomnia to hear. Um, And, and so like, this is something that I've discussed a lot with people that are on the same page as me, like in terms of 
CBTI and changing the messaging around insomnia. And we, we say to a lot of the people that are spreading these messages, do you know how damaging that this can be to people with insomnia? And their take is always like, well, first of all, we're aiming it at people that don't have insomnia. So they don't really recognize the potential there. And second of all, okay, so maybe it upsets some people with insomnia, but if it just gets that one person without um, any problem with sleep to pay more attention to sleep, then surely that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But our counter argument is no, because those kind of people aren't listening to your message. It's only the people with insomnia that are listening. <laughs> and it's so destructive. And um, like myself and a number of colleagues who work with people with insomnia every day, like, we see how damaging this is. You're mm-hmm. not the only person that said to me, you slept fine until you heard this kind of messaging. Right. right. Um, so that, that's something that's like a real challenge for us. And just for anyone listening, I also want to just emphasize that there haven't actually been any studies that have found chronic insomnia to cause any health problem whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the studies that people tend to reference, um, they either don't look at people with insomnia, you know, they look at, healthy sleepers, good sleepers, and they deliberately deprive them of sleep, or they're using like rats or fruit flies, mm-hmm. or even the ones that do use uh, people with insomnia do involve people with insomnia. They sometimes find associations, but they're never finding causation. You know, right. so these associations could be down to any number of things, mm-hmm. but because it involved people with insomnia, it's just so easy to emphasize that association and then the mass media picks up on it and kind of somewhere along the way the word association changes to causes mm-hmm. and, and that just like triggers this whole chain of worry and then we're down the rabbit hole of you know exactly what you've described you know this vicious circle of just worry about sleep and then worse sleep yeah yeah that's absolutely right and i i caught myself in, um, you know, a vicious cycle of continuing to just do more research, more reading. And those articles, um, are are just traps, like you said, for people who have insomnia Mm -hmm. and, um, can be very misleading. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the best things you can do is, you know, try not to even think about sleep, you know, like don't even do the research. Don't just, if you have a bad night, it, it would be great. You know, um, I think Daniel Erickson, a sleep physician who just mm-hmm. lives up the road in Eugene for me, he, he was talking, I think on a podcast the other day and he was talking about in, you know, the men in black movie, they have these kind of pointy mind eraser right. sticks. You know, if you could just go up to someone with insomnia and click that switch and erase right. memories of insomnia and sleep, they would probably sleep fine the next day. Right. Right. Yeah, and unfortunately it's just not that simple, especially when you get caught in that trap, you know, yeah. you, you, you have that restless night or even possible possible of, of not being able to sleep at all. And then, you know, it just starts as soon as the alarm clock goes off, whether you got sleep or not, you're immediately starting to analyze, you know, why didn't I sleep for seven or eight hours? Why didn't I sleep at all? What, what can I do different today? So it's just consuming your entire day from the time you get out of bed, whether you sleep or not, until until you're lying in bed and then you it just ramps up even more because your mind starts racing i wonder if i'm going to sleep tonight how many hours am i going to sleep if i don't sleep tonight am i going to be productive at work uh what am i going to feel like um so all those thoughts and anxiety uh it's just it's consumes you yeah and you know a lot of people without insomnia don't realize that you know that it does consume you it's not just a nighttime issue you know it, it leaches over into the daytime. It just becomes like this 24 seven issue. It's not 
really a sleep issue in itself in terms of it only happens at night. You know, it just, it's throughout the day, you're just thinking and worrying about it. And then obviously at night you're just struggling with it. So it really is like this 24 hour thing. It is very difficult. Sure. Um, so talking about your insomnia, like how are you struggling with sleep? Was it just falling asleep at the start of the night or would you kind of wake and then find it hard to fall back to sleep or maybe a combination of both of those things? Yeah, I think in that 10 month period, it was definitely a mixed bag. It started out for uh, several weeks where I would fall asleep fairly easily uh, within, you know, a certain amount of time, a few minutes, but then I would wake up at between one and three thirty, four o'clock and not be able to get back to sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it transitioned to not sleeping at all. Uh, I would go to bed when I thought I was sleepy. Um, I would and just lie there uh, for the entire night until the alarm went off and not sleep at all. Uh, and then it transitioned to, um, again, going to bed, but not being able to fall asleep. Um, and then getting out of bed and walking around the house and trying to find, find things to do and then going back to bed and still not being able to fall asleep. And then it just started uh, all, uh, alternating from there. Um, so it was a mixed bag. Yeah. Were there any kind of things you did to, once you recognized that sleep was an issue that you, that you implemented to try and get your sleep back on track? Yeah. The, I mean, the list is a mile long, uh, as you can imagine, any insomnia, uh, act would just do the research. And then, um, you know, for me, it was the typical things at first that you would find on the internet, um, set your temperature down to 68 degrees, taking a shower, warm bath an hour before bedtime no blue light um, an hour before bedtime, uh, no coffee after 12 o'clock, no wine uh, or alcohol for at dinner time. So the traditional things that you would, uh, if you just type in insomnia on, on mm. Google, it'll come up with the same list on every website. So I started those and obviously didn't have any impact. Um, and then I started reading more studies um, and found that if it mentioned any vitamin, herbal, or supplement that uh, improved insomnia, uh, sleep and insomnia patients, I went and bought it. Mm -hmm. Whether it, you know it's on Amazon or Target or wherever, if it was on the shelf somewhere, I went and bought it. And of course, um, you know those might have worked for a, a couple of nights, but I, I strongly believe that that was just kind of a placebo effect for mm -hmm. me. Um, and then they quickly just faded off and not, not worked at all. Um, and then I, I have been doing meditation for years. Mm -hmm. And so I started exploring guided meditations at bedtime. Um, it, it just, that didn't work either because of the headphones, you know, prevented me from really relaxing. Um, and then blue wave or alpha wave, I believe is what it's called. Uh, music, um, I tried that at bedtime. Uh, again, didn't work. And then I bought a book from Dr. Guy Meadows, uh, The Sleep Book. Um, very well written. Um, I felt like I gained some traction with that book, um, especially when it, it came to how I approached my thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, instead of looking at them from a negative perspective, make it a, a positive twist on it. And I felt like I... I had some good results from that book, but just didn't quite get over the hump with it. Mm -hmm. uh, some things just, it didn't resonate with me, uh, even though I was 100% committed to implementing the theories that he had in his book. Um, so I've tried probably everything out there. Um, 
it's just uh, I didn't have any consistent results with anything. Right. Yeah. Um, so you tried all these different things, which I think everyone listening to is going to identify with probably almost every single thing that you yeah. mentioned there, but especially like the very early things, you know, the sleep hygiene stuff, like which is very environmental in nature which is actually, there's no evidence to say that it actually helps when it comes to chronic insomnia. You know, it's just one of these things that um, it's like a general hygiene thing. Like, you know, if you go to the the dental, like hygienist, right, and you go there, that's good for kind of preventing problems from happening. You know, but once you've got that cavity, right, uh, that's not going to help. That's when you need to like sit, get the proper treatment, you know, mm-hmm. which is, as I know, and I think as you know now is, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia techniques, these CBTI techniques. Had you heard, heard about CBTI before or did you just stumble across it? Well, it's ironic because I had read several studies about CBTI and how it was being implemented and very helpful with um, soldiers that were coming back from the war zone with PTSD um, and how the, the uh, Veterans Association was using it as well and ha- was having good success rates. Um, but... <laughs> I think as most Americans, we look for that magic pill instead of information and knowledge to be able to implement because we want instant gratification. We want to be able to take a pill and be able to go to sleep for eight hours a night and problem solved. Right. So that's why I kind of put it on the back burner a little bit, even though I, I continuously read about it. Um, about the same time, I, I learned about ACT theory, uh, therapy as well, or theory. Um, and so when I came across your website, I was already, uh, I guess, from my perspective as a consumer, well-versed in what CBTI was and, and kind of the um, theories um, that, you know, uh, was involved with that. That's great. Um, so just to clarify the ACT or ACT, this is like the acceptance mm-hmm. and commitment therapy, which is um, what Guy Meadows talks about in his book, right? right? Um, okay. I just wanted to clarify that. Just There's so many acronyms associated with insomnia and not everyone is familiar with them. So I just want to to clarify that. So were there any specific techniques um, that you implemented that were really helpful? Like, was there a moment when you noticed that it was actually having a positive effect? Yeah, it was uh, discussing uh, sleep restriction or bedtime restriction and and, uh, calculating what time from the time you wake up, counting backwards to um, being your sleep time and not going to bed before that time uh, comes, even if you're not sleepy don't go to bed earlier, uh, always wait until at least that sleep window kicks in. And so that along with uh, the, the um, stimulus control, meaning if I would wake up in the middle of the night and wasn't able to go back to sleep for 15 to 30 minutes, then I would get out of bed um, and go find something not stimulating. For example, watching a TV show or reading a book or magazine. I even did some coloring, um, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that didn't really stimulate my senses. Um, and then after I felt like I was sleepy, yawning, heavy eyelids, maybe a burning of the eyes a little bit, then I would go back to bed and, and was very successful in being able to fall asleep. So those two techniques, um, I think from day seven on, uh, from that first night on day seven, um, you know, it, it's it's helped tremendously. That's that's really good to hear. You know that they are the two core techniques of CBT. Mm-hmm. You know the sleep restriction, which is 
spending the amount of time you spend in bed is as close as possible to what your current average nightly sleep duration is not the amount of sleep that you want to be getting but just what it is right now Mm -hmm. so that we really compress sleep down into this big consolidated chunk Mm -hmm. Um, and then stimulus control which is all about reconditioning the way you think about the bed you know because when you have a bad experience in bed night after night you learn that the bed is a bad place to be and that makes it hard to sleep there um, so the idea is if you're not sleeping, you get out of bed. So mm-hmm. the only thing you do in bed is sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are the two core components of CBTA. The problem that we have is, and you alluded to this earlier, is the techniques themselves are straightforward, but mm-hmm. they can be challenging to implement. You know, they take a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. And you saw results relatively quickly. Someone else might take um, months for them to of mm-hmm. consistent implementation to get the same right. results. Some people might be weeks. Everyone's different, right? So a common resistance that I get is when I tell people about these techniques, they tell me something like, well, the very thought of that gives me more anxiety. So how's that going to help me sleep? Right. You know, like if, if you were just talking to someone and they, they mentioned that to you, like you said, this works for me, this worked for me, why not give it a try? And they said to you, well, that, that whole idea just gives me more anxiety. What, what kind of thing would you say? What would you say to them? Well, stay committed to it. Um, you know, I think, again, I go back to the instant gratification. You know, we we want to take an idea or maybe an, a product or service, implement it and instantly get results. You know, we, we want to go on diet and lose 60 pounds overnight. It just doesn't happen sometimes. Uh, like you said and alluded to, it, some people um, get results faster than others. But it, it is difficult. Uh, the sleep restriction, I'll be honest with you, for the first two weeks, it was tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember some some nights and most nights for at least two or three weeks where, you know, I was going to bed at 1230 and getting up at six, which was my sleep window. But about 10 o'clock and you and I had talked about this on the phone, I would be pacing the inside of the house just trying to stay awake. Mm-hmm. But I knew the longer I stayed up, the greater my sleep drive um, uh, continued and and sure enough, uh, when I would hit the bed at twelve thirty or twelve fifteen, whatever my sleep window time was, it was almost instantaneous. I would fall asleep and stay asleep until the alarm went off. Mm-hmm. But it's tough, and, and I would just encourage everybody to stay committed to it, and you'll see results. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is that is the key is this commitment, you know, um, and it's also worth just highlighting the fact that it's really common to make progress, you know, and just see, say, two weeks in a row of really good sleep, and then just bam, just to suddenly have a bad night again, and then become really concerned that oh, maybe this isn't working, you know. But so it's important to just bear in mind that that's normal, you know, because everyone has a bad night of sleep every now and then. Right. Um, so it really is just a case of just staying committed and staying consistent. The more consistent you are with the techniques, the more consistent your sleep becomes. Well, and we talked earlier about this vicious cycle that you get into when you have a bad night of sleep or not sleep at all. Then the next day you continuously think about, why well, am I going to get sleep tonight? Well, ironically, when you start implementing the, the CBTI techniques and you start getting sleep, whether it be five and a half hours to start with or seven or eight hours, whatever you, you move your sleep window to, um, you'll feel and see the results of that the next day because you think less often about, am I going to get sleep tonight? Because you just had a great night's sleep. Mm-hmm. So the more those small wins that you get on a weekly basis with being able to, to get sleep, 
the less you think about it and the less is that it's on your mind, the less anxiety you have when you go to bed. And so it's kind of resolving itself once you um, implement those techniques. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like the opposite of the vicious cycle, right? So mm-hmm. where, tr- where normally you worries about sleep, you have a bad night, then you worry more. So you have a bad night and you know, right. negativity, it's like the opposite of that, right? So you start to sleep a little bit better. So you worry less then you sleep even better then you worry even less and you sleep right. even better, you know, it's right. the complete, and it just turns it completely around. And it is amazing just seeing people's transformation, you know, and that's why I'm really happy that you're t- talking through your own transformation with us today. Yeah. And the beauty of the CBTI is that one it's it's uh, there's no pharmaceuticals involved. As a matter of fact, I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, geared toward if you are on some sort of uh, sleep aid pharmaceutical to maybe help you reduce or get off that. Um, so that was very enticing to me because um, like I stated earlier, you know, if, if I can solve a problem health wise or health related without pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. um, then that's the solution I want to go for. But um, you know, I, the, the other encouraging part about CBTI is that you can take these with you. So if it recurs and it, um, you can implement those immediately without having to look for a bottle of pills or uh, searching for other answers or starting your research all over again. They're right there in your back pocket. You can m- implement those immediately. And I think I've been, um, I started your program several weeks ago and I couldn't admit that, you know, I've slept good every single night. Um, but I think on a weekly basis, there's a ratio of, you know, 95, 96% of, of sleep to bedtime ratio mm-hmm. um, for me. Um, but, you know, for example, I've had several nights where I would wake up at 2.30 in the, in, in the morning, not be able to go back to sleep. I didn't panic because I knew exactly what to do. Got up out of bed after 15, 20 minutes, went and read, you know, a couple of chapters of a book and went back to bed. Whereas before uh, CBTI, panic mode set in. Uh, you know, the warming of the body, the rush, you know, feels like the, the whole body's warming, anxiety is setting in, uh, worries start setting in as well. And, and then I go back to bed and not fall asleep. But, you know, having those tools and techniques um, at the ready has made everything uh, much calmer for me, knowing that I have the solutions right there. Yeah, it's great because I, I one of the reasons why I love CBTI is it's a skill it's a skill set Hmm. you know so once you learn it once you implement it you become familiar with it it's exactly like you say it's with you for the rest of your life right so if ever you have a bad patch of sleep again in the future you can just go right back to them you know just pull them out of your back pocket again and just start implementing them you don't need to go hire a new consultant or buy a new box appeals or anything like that you know you don't have to spend any money it's a skill that's with you forever and you just pull it out and you just re-implement it and then your sleep gets back on track mm-hmm. so um you just touched upon this now but i just kind of wanted to explore it a little bit more so how are you sleeping now generally do you find that you think about sleep still quite a lot or is it something that just is like way down in your list of priorities yeah, it's it's a lot less. Um, however, I do occasionally think um, ways to improve the amount of sleep that I do get, maybe the quality of the sleep, for example, the deep sleep phase. 
I don't spend a great deal of time on it because I'm satisfied with where I'm at. Uh, and I actually consider the way I sleep now is pre-insomnia mm-hmm. uh, sleep quality. Um, so my way of life today is, is much, much better, um, than it was, uh, obviously when I had insomnia, you know, I'm not canceling social events any longer because I'm, I'm not fatigued during the day. Um, I have my coffee at two o'clock sometimes, not every day, but I don't in the, in the days that I don't, it's not because I think, well, if I have it at two thirty today, I'm, I'm not going to be able to sleep today. So that doesn't come into mind as well. I, I started bringing back my wine. Um, you know, on occasion uh, throughout the week for dinner. So slowly but surely, all those things pre-insomnia um, uh, have have um, taken place again. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's excellent. You know, I always think that the ultimate goal is, is as soon as you're not really thinking about sleep anymore. Mm-hmm. That's kind of when insomnia just isn't an issue for you anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and just to go back on a couple of things you said, like if your sleep efficiency is like 95%, I mean, that's perfect. I mean, you're, you're not really going to get much better than that. It's quite unusual for someone to be in bed a hundred, like asleep a hundred percent of the time they're in bed. Um, and what was the other thing I want to say? I just escaped my mind now. So maybe it'll, maybe it'll come back to me. Um, yeah, we might have to come back to that if it comes back to me, but yeah, it's just about this process of just not thinking about it, you know, and as soon as you don't think about it and don't worry about it, that's kind of when sleep can get back on track. And I've just remembered what I was going to say, because you mentioned sometimes you still think about deep sleep, you know, am I getting enough of this deep sleep? And I think this, I don't know if you've kind of just noticed this yourself, but I'm seeing a lot more articles online now that have started to kind of, this is like their new obsession is all about deep sleep. Like here's how to get more deep sleep. Here's what you need to do to get more deep sleep. Well, here's the thing. We can't control how much deep sleep we get. Um, But the good thing is the body prioritizes deep sleep. So if we have a bad night, the next night, the body is going to prioritize deep sleep. So as soon as we fall asleep, which we will do eventually, it will just put us straight down into deep sleep and try and spend as much time there as it can without any involvement from us. If we try and get involved in controlling all the sleep stages, that's when we mess things up, you know, and it makes it harder for us to get deep sleep. So if people are listening to this and they've read these articles about the importance of deep sleep or how to get more deep sleep, mm-hmm. I just want to give them the message that first of all, we can't control deep sleep. And second of all, the body does this all by itself. When we have bad nights, the body prioritizes it. It gives us more deep sleep puts us into deep sleep quicker. And this is why, especially when you're going through CBTI, when you restrict that sleep window, you can often spend less time in bed and even less time asleep, but actually feel better the next day compared to when you spent a really long amount of time in bed, felt like you got more sleep, but it was more fragmented and kind of asleep, awake, asleep, awake. Mm -hmm. And you didn't really get that deep sleep. So that's evidence that this deep sleep is the good stuff and the body does it all by itself, regardless of how long you're sleeping. Yeah. I think I caught myself researching the different sleep phases uh, a few weeks ago, but then I, if I'm not mistaken, either you had a YouTube post uh, or maybe it was one of the emails that you had published um, that talked about you, you can't control the deep sleep. If, if your sleep drive is greater, like you just mentioned, then uh, it prioritizes deep sleep. And so at that point, that's when I stopped doing the research. I, I fall into that trap all the time with trying to tweak 
everything health wise to the point where I just drive myself nuts sometimes, I think. Yeah. I think it's very, it's very common, you know, like, um, so, so many of us, when we have insomnia, we think that our insomnia maybe is unique or it's different to everyone else's. Um, but just listening to your story, um, nothing you've told me sounds unusual, you know, like it's very familiar. So mm. although you as a person are completely unique, your insomnia isn't, your insomnia is very familiar to me. Like, mm. I feel like I've, I've, I feel like I know your insomnia very well, you know, um, okay. because it's so common and yeah. that's good though, because mm-hmm. it means that this treatment CVTI that works for people with insomnia is going to work for pretty much anyone that's got insomnia because insomnia is almost identical from person to person. It's often triggered by different things, but the way it's perpetuated, you know, through the way we think and our behaviors Mm -hmm. is just so similar, you know, it, it really is. And sometimes I talk to people and they're surprised whether I'm not shocked or I'm not falling off my chair when they're describing their insomnia. But the fact is I don't really, hear anything unusual or mm. shocking to me because it is really this it's quite a uniform what's the word for it it's like a uniform beast it's uh it, it is very familiar and it tends to be the same experience from person to person yeah yeah, yeah i agree i i don't have any family or friends that that have it but some of the case studies i read online all the same um uh, concerns that other people who have insomnia are the same as mine. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, learning the CBTI techniques is very simple, uh, very easy to implement. I think the key is that you do implement them and stay true to it, stay committed to it. And I think, uh, I think you'll see results. Yeah, that's great. Um, just briefly, cause I know I've taken a lot of your time already. I just want to, we talked about how insomnia isn't just like a nighttime issue. It's a daytime issue too. Right. You know, it's something you spend a lot of time thinking about. Um, like how, how are your daytimes now? Like now that you, now that you've got more sleep confidence back and you're tending to worry less about sleep, how has it impacted your life during the daytime? Well, I have a different approach. It's certainly more, more positive now. Uh, whereas before, um, again, I, I started looking at it, is something internally wrong with me mentally. Um, I remember uh, several uh, mornings when I w- wouldn't get any sleep and I would go out to the kitchen um, at six o'clock and start making breakfast for, for everybody. And I would just start crying. It was that emotional. It just takes yeah. a toll on you. And, and having eight hours cumulative amount of sleep, uh, eight hours cumulative uh, sleep for four days, uh, so you're operating on eight hours. Uh, it, it takes a mental and physical toll on you. Uh, now it's, um, like I said, I don't, I rarely think about, am I going to be able to sleep tonight? I don't have anxiety when I'm sitting there watching TV at 8 PM, uh, wondering if I'm going to get any sleep. Um, and then, you know, my life today is what it was 11 months ago before insomnia. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I'm, I'm back to back to normal. That's great. That's so good to hear. Are you still implementing any, any of the CBTI techniques or are they kind of just put away to one side for now? Yeah. Uh, stimulus control, like I mentioned earlier, is, um, you know, if I wake up and I'm not, not able to fall back asleep, then I'll certainly get up and, and do something non-stimulating, mm-hmm. um, read a book, um, something like that, even watch TV, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe put it on um, planet Earth or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do some journaling during the daytime, uh, which was, I, I believe also a technique from ACT as well. 
Um, but I, I do a different spin on it now, whereas before, and before I implemented CBTI, it was um, choosing a time in the afternoon to reflect on my fears for for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's gratitude. Uh, what am I thankful for? And it takes three to five minutes. So a lot more positivity during my day now. Uh, it's, I'm not consumed at work or, or on the weekends with trying to research solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, just just having my, my life back. That is great. All right. So I've got one, one last question for you. So if someone with chronic insomnia is listening to this, they feel that they've tried everything, they're beyond help, there's nothing they can do to improve their sleep, what would you tell them? And I think uh, if you look at CBTI success rate as a whole, uh, chances are you're going to improve your insomnia. And, not, and it may not come on day seven as it did for me. Uh, it may take you several days after, even weeks, and like you said, months. Um, but the results will come. So uh, just be patient um, uh, and, and cherish those small wins. And those small wins allow you to have less anxiety and, and to think less about sleep. And, and that helps you improve your sleep as well. That's great. Thank you. That, I, re- I really appreciate you spending the time uh, to do this, Scott, because I think it's one thing me telling people how effective CBTI is, but it's, it's so much more powerful coming when you can hear of someone that's gone through it, that's gone through the struggle, that's gone through the transformation and come out the other side. You know, I just think it's so much, so much more powerful to, to hear the words from someone else who's actually experienced it and gone through it. Yeah, you're, uh, you're absolutely welcome. Martin, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Insomnia Coach podcast. If you're ready to implement cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia CBTI techniques to improve your sleep, but think you might need some additional support and guidance, I would love to help. There are two ways we can work together. First, you can get my online coaching course. This is the most popular option. My course combines sleep education with unlimited support and guidance and is guaranteed to improve your sleep. I will teach you and help you implement new CBTI techniques over a period of eight weeks. This gives you time to build sleep confidence and notice results without feeling overwhelmed. You can get the course and start right now at insomniacoach.com forward slash online. I also offer a phone coaching package where we start with a one hour call. This can be voice only or video, your choice. And we come up with an initial two week plan that will have you implementing CBTI techniques that will lead to long term improvements in your sleep. You get unlimited email based support and guidance for two weeks after the call, along with a half hour follow up call at the end of the two weeks. You can book the phone coaching package at insomniacoach.com forward slash phone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Insomnia Coach podcast. I'm Martin Reed, and as always, I'd like to leave you with this important reminder. You can sleep. <laughs>